Inspiration and marketing ideas for you and your business. Hello, it's Vashan here, the host of the Inspire Biz podcast. And I'm pleased to let you know that today's show is all about marketing. After working for 15 years as a marketing manager, delivering successful campaigns for big brands in the public sector, then following a redundancy, she found herself raising a family and starting her own business. CEO of Insight to Marketing and founder of the successful Inspire Biz event, if I say so myself, she's a bit of a marketing and branding geek. She has a passion on delivering results and exceeding expectations for clients. A multi-award winning mumpreneur of four, and yes, I am one of the lucky four, this is V Roberts. Hi, Shan. Hi. How are you? I'm not too bad. Missing me? Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, I thought it would be good to have you on the show as we've had lots of stuff about personal development, which has been great, but it's also good and important that we have things on branding and other areas too. So to start, for someone who's thinking of creating a campaign, what type of budget are they looking at? How much can they expect it to cost? Gosh, that's a good question. Um, It does vary on your budget. So, I mean, you can make a campaign however much you want it to be, really. As a small business, what I find with lots of my clients is that they don't really have an idea of how much they need. And so what happens is they don't budget for marketing. And then they get to a place where they need to do marketing they then work out the cost that's required um, for, for something to happen, so business cards, you know, website and things like that, and they get a bit scared. So in terms of, like, what money is needed, you know, it should be at least, I would say, probably about six to £700. Um, however, that is kind of to get everything done on a budget. Um, some people spend, you know, 2000 plus. really does depend on what your objectives are what you're trying to achieve and what realistically you can afford. One of the things I actually suggest to people is to work out how much money they've got to play with. And by that, I mean, obviously, with marketing, it's all the fun stuff, isn't it? The business cards, the website, you know, the the, the leaflets, getting things put on, on on other people's websites and so on. So always work out how much you, at the minimum, you'd want to spend each month and then go from there, really, and work out what you might be able to afford spending that minimum on then that way if you need to spend anything in excess of that you can you know work on ways to bring that money in or indeed sell products and services which is the name of the game so definitely look at what you can afford to spend realistically at a minimum and then base your marketing activity on that as a startup so would you say then the first step for organizing the campaign is just getting the budget sorted so the first step would definitely be to look at what your budget is um, alongside what your objectives are what you want to achieve by carrying out marketing activity um, something as basic as just building brand awareness you know isn't necessarily going to cost as much as delivering a campaign to fill an auditorium of 200 people because the tactics that you'll use are very different so yeah i think it's definitely a sensible start to look at your objectives so if it's an event what are the event objectives? You know, what are the marketing or sales objectives? And similarly, if it's just, you know, working on a, an awareness campaign or perhaps just, you know, doing a little bit of PR, then the budget may not be as much. But it's very important to work out what the goals are at the start and then look at what budget you've got to deliver those goals realistically. Okay. And how do you advise a business to manage their brand both on and offline? I think with managing brands on and offline, the key thing is consistency. So definitely looking at how 
as a brand do you come across if you're actually, you know, aligned to your own company values when you talk, when you display pictures, when you type things up, when you actually do a promotional campaign? How is your brand looking and sounding? Um, consistency is definitely key. So, you know, what you stand for as a brand and, and what you actually convey as a brand should be consistent across all of the platforms you appear on, whether that's social media or a leaflet or even a website or video. The, the messaging on it is very, very important that it's consistent um, and obviously relevant as well to your target audience. And in terms of marketing planning, what tips do you have for that? With marketing planning, there are so many different ways and so many different people will give different advice. One of the things I always suggest is look at the budget available, look at your company's objectives, and those objectives for your company will then feed into your overall marketing goals. Um, those goals will either be financial or non-financial. So you may have a goal to achieve £5,000 worth of sales within a three-month period, or you may just have a goal which is non-financial, which is just you know increased sales. What I always advise is that goals should be measurable and specific and realistic as well. Um, there is a, a, a very old-time um, acronym, which is SMART, so using SMART objectives. Um, but in all of it, it's very important that you've identified as part of your planning who your target audience is, you know, what, what does a target audience or your ideal client look like, and what sort of messages are relevant to your target audience. If you were to segment your audience, like an orange, you know, break it up into pieces, what would each segment look like? Because the same message is not going to apply to each segment of your target audience. And once you've worked out, you know, what segments you're talking to, you then need to look at the tactics that you can use and then how you're going to measure the effectiveness of those tactics once they've been implemented. So it's crucial that you look at objectives and budget, key messages and target audience, and not in that order. Look at your audiences first and then identify your key messages. And then your tactics and how you'll actually monitor the effectiveness of the tactics of you. And that's basically the sort of nut and bolts of a, of a marketing plan. Okay, and I know that you come across quite a few people who say they don't have enough money for a marketing budget or for a campaign. What advice would you give to them? The advice I'd give to someone who doesn't have money for a campaign is definitely to look at other options. So, for example, I recently wrote a blog on crowdfunding and how you could manage a campaign to generate funds from um, backers, people that are actually going to support your, your product or initiative, and that then funds your project and also your marketing. Other methods are obviously working in collaboration or partnership with someone, or indeed sponsorship, which is another area that I often um, give people guidance on. Sponsorship is something that I have effectively used myself, and also for employers of mine and also more recently clients, to generate funds that actually pay for marketing activities. So, you know, I would say to a business that perhaps doesn't have the money, definitely look at other alternatives, collaborations, you know, um, working on crowdfunding, crowdfunding exercises, but also sponsorship is definitely useful for generating money for marketing and sort of branding exercises. You mentioned collaborations, but what tips would you have for um, collaborations and branding? most important things about collaborations is making sure you've got the right fit so for example I wouldn't collaborate with somebody who doesn't have very similar views or mindset or um, you know business ethics as myself um, I as a brand stand for value and quality um, consistency 
and also ethical business. So I would look to align myself with businesses that are very much the same. Um, I certainly wouldn't pair up with a with a brand that is all about you know high end and you know overpriced goods, uh, for example, because that's not what I'm about. Um, additionally, in terms of collaboration, always look at what's in it for the person you're collaborating with. So don't always make it about me, me, me. Look at how you can work as a team and what your collaborative efforts will actually deliver in terms of positive outcomes. Because when you partner with someone or when you collaborate on a project, it's crucial that you both understand from the outset exactly what you're both going to get once that project's finished. If I give you an example of one of my clients who's recently done a collaboration, she's actually a baker, but she's also a hairstylist. And what she actually has been encouraged to do is team up with people that organize events. So, for example, weddings is an area that she's actually gone into, and she's found some successful partnerships as a result. And, in fact, she's also received some orders as a result of a wedding show that we took part in very recently. So when you're collaborating or when you're looking at joint ventures or opportunities to actually widen your network without spending lots of money, collaborations with other suppliers or organizers or, you know, entrepreneurs is crucial and important if you're wanting to do it within the same industry or even widen your network. Look at who you're budding up with, where you can add value. Yeah, baker, weddings, you know, hairstylist, weddings is a is a big, you know, a big thing because you need a baker for your cake. You also need the hairstylist for, you know, your your bridal party. So she's got a win-win right there. So when she collaborates with people that organize weddings or even when she's attending wedding shows, whilst the outlay um, you know, in, in the initial bit of budget that she puts into it for a wedding show in particular might be more money. Where she can actually benefit from that is the orders that she gets via her stand as a result. So always think smarter and not actually work harder. Think about ways that you can actually collaborate or actually deliver on things without spending lots and lots and lots of money. And earlier on, I spoke about um, people who perhaps don't have a budget for marketing. But what if we were to look at the other side? So if someone did have a budget for marketing and advertising, what advice would you give them? The advice I would give is the same advice I give to clients that I work with that have huge budgets, and that is just to think about where their money's going um, and making sure they get bang for their buck. So, for example, I had a client just this morning contact me to say that she has been offered an advertising space, and the advertising space she's been offered is quite good. Um, it is within a bridal magazine, and it, she's going to be actually having a very good position in the magazine as well. Um, what I said to her is, you know, for the cost, it's very good value for money. And normally I would go through a long list of things to check, you know, who the audience is, the frequency of distribution, where it's distributed, you know, um, how often people read it, how long has it even been in circulation. But on this occasion, I was pretty much convinced with the offer that she'd been given because as a bridal magazine, and in particular with this publication, they have a very far reach, they're very well known. And they also have a very good reputation in terms of what they deliver. So it seemed like a very, very good offer that was too good to, to refuse. So I will always advise people to look at offers that they're being given, because when you've got a big budget and you go to companies that are willing to take your money, they will sell you a carrot if need be, and you'll buy it because you've got the money. So always look at and assess step back. You've got the cash, which is great. But think about the best places to inject your budget. So I'm thinking about here, target audience. Is where you're spending money where your target, target audience is going to be? Is where you're spending your money 
going to offer you return on investment. So even if it's just a brand awareness exercise, are you actually likely to get inquiries, sales, orders from pay, paying for that advertising space? More importantly, if you're printing things as well, you know, print isn't cheap. And if you're printing something, don't always go for the high-end, glossy, you know, really thick, um, you know, pamphlet. It doesn't need to be, especially if you're doing events. One of the top tips I've given to people that go to exhibitions regularly is don't spend lots of money on a really thick, you know, brochure if you don't have to. If you're just doing an awareness building exercise, you know, there's nothing wrong with going for paperweight, which is much lighter than, you know, your competitors. Because actually, when people are at events, many of them get into a habit of just picking up leaflets off of, off of every single stand and then chucking those leaflets in the bin. So once they've read them. So what I would say is think about, again, you know, that example was print. The previous example was advertising. But those are really two areas where people spend lots of money, um, especially with things as well like radio and TV. You know, always look at the target audience. Don't just put your budget where you feel it's best. Analyze the, the medium that you're thinking about using, you know, bus backs, you know, the inside of buses, you know, outdoor advertising in particular can rack up lots of cash. And I've done campaigns where people have spent money and actually got very good results from delivering outdoor advertising. But you've got to think about where your, where your money's going. For example, you know, bus, bus backs. If the bus routes that you're choosing for your outdoor, you know, advertising campaign are not relevant to where your target audience are and that bus route only goes in the north of London and you're wanting to, tar to target the south, it makes no sense to spend your money, you know, on a campaign on that bus route. So just look, don't just say yes straight away, ask for a list of the bus routes or a list of the particular transportation routes. Make sure it's relevant to your target audience and where they are, okay? And those are just three very quick examples there. Outdoor ads, you know, um, print communication method, and also print advertising as well. And there are a number of other avenues people can go down where they waste money. Top tip there is definitely look at how you're spending it. Make sure there's a reason why you're spending it in that way. And also, more importantly, where are your, are your audience? If they're not where you're going to spend the money, then there's no point you advertising there. And just in terms of uh, visibility, how could someone improve their online presence? I think in terms of online visibility, it's also important offline as well. We should never forget that because what brands do is they rely very heavily on social media and online as almost like their key main channel of communication, which is fine. But I know for some businesses that is their sole method of communication. And it's really important that we don't lose sight of the importance of in integrated marketing plans and integrated communication tactics. Because just because you're online and you're very visible on social media and, and online channels and you send emails and you do website advertising and so on, it doesn't mean that everybody's going to see you. Offline methods like events, you know, networking, you know, um, doing print, posters, leaflets, they are also very important. And what I would say is in terms of visibility, again, it's all about making sure that you can be seen in the places where your audience hang out. So when you write that list and you go through your marketing plan and you think about, you know, where your target audience are and you segment, think about where they hang out, consider where they're going to access your information, yeah, whether that's going to be at a local club for young people or, you know, a mum's networking group, for example, or even at your local doctor's surgery. Think about where these people hang out and then build your communications and marketing plan around that because that's how you'll be most visible. If you're someone that's posting and sharing content, you know, in, in places where your audience aren't, then you won't be visible. 
you'll be visible, you'll be seen, but perhaps by the wrong audience. And it's all about being visible in the right place. So the key tips on that are, again, all about your branding. Yeah, making sure that you, if you've got a logo, you're using it. If you've got particular brand colors, you're using those as much as possible. Um, it's nice to be very, offer very, variation of your brand images and illustrations, but do decide on a particular look and theme. Um, if you're doing print, very important in print that you manage your brand effectively by, you know, using a particular color palette and, and font face as well for print in particular. Um, not so, not of so much importance to social media, but definitely relevant. Um, and consistency. So if you're showing up in, in certain places or you're doing a post, you know, every morning at seven o'clock or a quotation, make sure you do that at the same time if you can help it, you know, um, on those platforms because people will then expect and want to see you and you'll become even more visible when they begin sharing and promoting your content for you. You mentioned a lot about storytelling. Can you tell me why you think it's so important? Well, storytelling for me is, is, is really important for brands nowadays because people buy people. And if you're a brand that hides behind what your story is, then people cannot really connect and engage with you. Um, I've just very recently seen an event been publicised where there is no face behind the event organiser. Um, and so there's not very good response to the event. And the reason is that people probably don't connect with that brand or feel a need to attend the event because they don't know who's organizing it. They don't know the face behind the brand. As a brand comes out and becomes more visible and in fact starts telling a story, they then actually are able to bond and engage and connect with people at a different level. So storytelling is really important. People want to know about, you know, why they should buy from you. People want to know about, you know, how many, how many um, hours you spend on, on, on your business each week, you know, what training you've had, your personal journey, your successes, your wins, even your failures, if you can call them failures, more like your experiences. People want to know that because, as I said, people buy people. So as brands, we need to be telling stories a lot more. We need to be reaching out a lot more and engaging in two-way communication. And the art of that is definitely through storytelling. And lastly, what would you suggest someone to look out for who's trying to find someone to assist them with their marketing services? I think in the same way that brands need to tell a story, for you to connect with the right kind of marketing advisor or mentor or coach, you really need to understand their story as well. Because I think that's really crucial in terms of building relationships. And if you're going to work with someone on marketing, it's very important that you can relate to them as a person. Um, I have an approach whereby I work alongside someone. I don't teach at them. I work with them. So... My approach is very friendly and open. And I think if, if people are looking for, you know, a particular style of, of mentorship or, or coaching, they need to make sure that they identify that in their potential brand uh, coach or coach's brand before they actually sign up. And also look at things like credibility and consistency of their coach. So, you know, I'm talking about things like how regularly they post online. What does their marketing planning look like? What does their brand look like? How often are they chopping and changing what they say to suit the climate in the industry? You know, how often are they posting video content? How visible are they, you know, when they're actually promoting their key messages? And how are they being interpreted on the outside world? Um, it's really important that when you're looking for coaches and mentors, you understand how your relationship will work, how much you have to pay, and also their success rate. Have a good fish around for what they're good at.
because it may be that what you're looking for is not something that they are very good at. Um, so I would definitely, you know, suggest that people fish out as much as they can before they part with cash. Definitely look at the story that that particular coach or, or mentor is telling so that you can see how that resonates with you as a brand as well. Because some people are using particular terms, phrases, um, images, you know, um, stories, which, you know, when you actually fish it out, might not be relevant to your brand. So do look into that before you promote um, that you're working with somebody. Well, thank you for your useful tips today. And let us know how we can connect with you. The main way in contacting Insight to Marketing is via social media or email. And we can be found on Twitter via i2marketing, and that's the number two. Also via Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and Google Plus at Insight to Marketing. And the new YouTube channel is Insight to Marketing as well. Don't forget to tweet us at Inspire Your Biz and let us know what tips you found helpful today and what you'd like to see in future podcasts.